Yo, what's poppin'? It's your man Dean Edwards in here with Joe Vess, a.k.a. Joe Vess. <laughs> My man Mike, Big Mike in the background. Um, I already said to myself, I was like, all right, next week for the third episode, we're going to have my man Harris Stanton because I, I know what I, I already have the topic and what I want to discuss uh, next week, which I kind of want to address this week and then bring up again as a continuation for next week. Um, what's been, that's the home phone uh, that y'all hear in the background. Um, no, I don't answer it because anyone that wants to reach me calls my cell phone. So anytime the home phone rings, you know it's probably a bill. <laughs> and that, you know what I mean? Because no one, here's what I've, I've realized. The only time I really use the home number is for the kids' school and for uh, for junk. It's like the junk. Like yeah. I, still, I, still have, I still have my Hotmail account and I still have, and I have a Gmail account. My Hotmail account is... Uh, is strictly who who was it, Mike? Could you hear? Okay, it's a man. It wasn't for me. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was for my wife. You know. But um, no, I have my hot, my hotmail is still my. I wouldn't junk admit mail. that that you have a hotmail account, but all right. No, but here's the thing. I admit, I have no problem admitting it because okay. anyone that emails me, if you get my hotmail email, oh, that means you know I important. don't care <laughs> about that email. You know what I mean? You, you like hotmail? Like Gmail hits my phone. My hotmail winds up going, uh, and and I check yeah. it, you know, once like every once couple every of days or something. We paused, so so you know, it, it turns out. Look at that, you know, through the miracle of Mike's fingers, <laughs> you guys have no idea that, that was one of the most homeless statements passed. said on a podcast through right, the miracle right. through Mike's the fingers, miracle through Mike's fingers, Mike the miracle finger, ladies. Uh, take notice. Mike is amazing with his fingers. Pause. Um, yeah, that was our neighbor. You know, I had to. We he had to move the fella's cars in the driveway. So um, it turns out he did have to move. But they've made me wait. One time, I I had to uh, take the train. I was pissed because I I was trying to pull out, and they um, no one would come to the door or wake up next door. So I, I was uh, I can't. I'm not gonna have them told. You know. Um, so could they, you have them tell? Honestly, I don't know. I, right, but I mean, it was it was it was. I've never heard someone getting towed in their own driveway. I know, right? <laughs> that's, that's pretty uh, that, pretty impressive, that though. Would be bold, uh, and right? the tow guy comes here. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, isn't this their driveway? Well, it's my yeah. driveway too. So, so you had to take the train. Yeah, man, Ooh. I was I was PO'd because I was dropping uh, kids off at school. All right, you don't curse. I forgot. Huh? That's why you said PO'd. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pissed. Pissed is not. Piss is not a curse. Well, it's not a nice word. Yeah, it's not a nice word, but... You wouldn't teach your kid that word. Piss, piss goes along with bastard. Like, it's not the, it's not a word you're going to um, use around your kids, but at the same time... It's not going to scar them. It's not going to It's not gonna scar them. And it's the type of word you can... I can say... I think I can say bastard in front of my, my parents, and I wouldn't have gotten... I would have gotten in trouble back then. Yeah. You know? But yeah, because my father curses a kid like real curses. That that shook you. I, I was shook. Yeah, no. But here's the thing: Did you curse in front of your parents? No, I still okay. do. I don't. Till this day, to this I don't, day, I just, I don't I curse in front of my that, parents. That level of respect, man. I I, I remember. And why this, don't you curse? I don't curse, man, because I um honestly I uh, follower every, of Jesus. No, no, because no, you know what, Jesus. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Jesus. Um, Jesus was around everybody. That's when when people paint this picture of Jesus. Jesus was holy and prophet. 
But Jesus didn't have uh, some mega church that people went to. Jesus would go to the people, and the people would follow him. So, and that means he was around the grimiest of the grimiest. And he probably got and, Bucky every and, now and then. And even if he didn't know, like I'm around grimy cats, but that doesn't mean I'm grimy. That just means I I I'll walk with anybody. You know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. for me, I um every young African American uh, male, especially. I say around late teens, the early twenties goes through their uh, their Malcolm X period, where they where they read about uh, where they read the autobiography of Malcolm X, and suddenly everything becomes brother. And nah, brother, <laughs> you have to understand, brother. And they stop, they stop you. They go through a period where you know what? Someone's like, oh, nigga, you like, hey, brother, we don't. Why why are we calling ourselves nigga? You know, with the A or the E R. Let's realize and elevate. You know, so right. for me, I, I used to, I was never dirty mouth, but I, I, you know, I think when you're younger, you learn to use, uh, you, you find power in using profanity. You know what I mean? Like when you're, when you're younger, you don't have a lot of options. So you have, you're like, motherfucker, you know, and you, and you curse and lash out because you have no other um, ways to express yourself. Malcolm X said, um, and I, don't, I think I heard it either in an interview. I was heavily in. I, I used to listen to like Malcolm X. Uh, He's a rapper. Speeches, you know. He's stupid. <laughs> I used to listen to speeches and read about him. He said, it takes an intelligent man to be able to uh, communicate without using profanity. And I thought that was heavy, you know. And this was also back when I was, uh, when I rhymed. And so I always... Uh, I always pushed myself to to and you could be, be Will Smith. More, That's really the well, end game. Well, you know, Will Smith's grandmother right told him um, told him she saw like a book of his rhymes. I remember that. And and she said, "Well, why do you have to uh, why do you have to use that language?" And so uh, I guess he he felt like he was being put on blast. And once she said that, it was like an epiphany. And he said, "You know, let me see if I can do this uh, without using profanity." It actually served him well because. Um, but let's face it, you know. Let's... But as an actor, he does. That's that's what people. But as a rapper, he didn't use profanity. A because it was a it was a different time too. Right. Um, but let's face it, Malcolm X might have been powerful, but Will Smith's making twenty million dollars. Yeah, so let's. Man, he's I mean, the real we, example. We know who the true uh, you know uh, prophet for the uh, black race Will Smith. is. <laughs> I mean, um, leave it to a white man to say that. <laughs> Tell us. Well, Will Smith's wildly. black. Will I'm Smith's black. Playing. I know. I know. I'm saying Will Smith's you, black. You, 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 you're letting your 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 white liberal guilt get the best. It was humor. Best. Totally playing. Getting jiggy with it. Yeah. I mean, there was that was coded for for black Mer Americans and brothers to realize that we can elevate and rise to a level where we where we can all earn uh, more money and get ourselves pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and get jiggy with it. My brother. <laughs> so I um so that was a my, great video by uh, the way that music getting video jiggy getting jiggy with, with it was, was a great was the video. Epitome of uh, mid nineties flourish. Flash and overabundance of shine. You know what yes. I mean? Like he he said, Puffy Mace, y'all want to be shiny suit? I'ma take shiny suit to the next level. Yeah, he you know ma I mean? he matched uh, like he had like almost like what you'd see uh, on a couch. Uh, yeah, like what do you would call uh, 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 the plastic? The, no, not the plastic. The, 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 he, he had like um, what do you call what you put over a couch like this? What do you call these things? Uh, a, a a cover. A cover. It's like. <laughs> It's like 
I forget what it's. I, I don't know. Whatever. But he was like matching. When your vocabulary fails, you're like, damn, I, I have the word. I'm gonna. I know. Well, he just had like the matching flower yeah. suit. He yeah. had all these things on. He, he that was, he was, was he, Will Smith, uh, aka the Fresh Prince, was was quite fly with it. And so, um, but that's Will was one. Of, he was one of the influences um, on me as well lyrically. People sleep. Will Smith could rhyme. Like, yeah, Will Smith's fresh, good. I no, like his stuff. Tell, I'm telling. Everybody that thinks of Will Smith, a.k.a. the Fresh Prince now, they think the TV show, they think, uh, you know, clean cut and he has a family and and Jaden and Willow and Jada and uh, and his eldest son. Jaden no might, might, might be Jaden. the death of Will's career. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Jaden might be the death of Will's <laughs> career. It, <laughs> it's the first time people are going. This is like the first time in history we're going like, yeah, Will, we get it. Enough. Well, you know what? I think... Here's my my theory. I'm gonna get back to. I'm gonna land the plane about the language. Okay, um, so we'll get back but, to Will's career no, being ruined with, by his with son. Will's, with Will's thing, with Jaden, with Jaden and Willow, I think they're peaks and valleys. Now, in reality, should your son's name have appeared first on um, on After Earth? Yes, he's the star, but people are going to see you. And he, and his son only proved himself in The Karate Kid, which was a good remake, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I know some people have actually said they liked the remake better than uh, than the original. But remember, that's still when he was kind of in his cute, young well, phase. He was cute and young. He, he got older, he got a little, he got, and you now know, the starter kit And idiosyncrasies muscles. have came in. Now I'm yeah. acting like I'm 29 and I don't know, I'm not sure. Well, he, it was, it was a, the story was, it was a sci-fi movie. I didn't mind no. After Earth. You know, I didn't people, see. No, I didn't see it. I saw, I saw After Earth. I thought it, I was like, okay, it's a sci-fi movie. I get it. People yeah. were saying that it was a, uh, it was um, oh, this is some coded uh, film that's trying to push the ideologies of Scientology. I was like, I I just saw some uh, creatures and yeah, it, it was it was sort of like a, a sci-fi Isaac Asimov type uh, uh, story, you know. Yeah. But also one of the reasons I stopped cursing was um was not only Malcolm, but then my first year, I started in uh, February 21st, 92, right? Um, and Def Comedy Jam premiered a week later, right? Mm-hmm. So in the, er- in, in the early 90s, like this, you had this black comedy explosion that really had started popping off and you had Def Comedy Jam and Uptown Comedy Club and then BT's Comet View. And you had a, a sort of roar, uh, hip-hop, street vibe, to your young African-American comics that you were seeing. And uh, a girlfriend at the time, uh, shout out to uh, Nisi, because I'm sure she's listening. Uh, she she was like, you, let's go see Sinbad. Sinbad was on tour. And it turned into his Afros and Bell Bottoms uh, HBO special. And when she said, let's go see Sinbad, I had just seen, I think I had gone to the first Def Comedy Jam tour was... Uh, Bernie Mac was hosting. It was actually a dope tour. It was Bernie Mac was hosting. Bill Bellamy opened, Adele Givens, and I think uh, Reggie McFadden, right? Mm. It was a dope tour. Like, I remember I remember this was the first comedy concert I had ever gone to. I was like, yo, these cats are doing it. Whipped, Kid Capri was there. His bus, bus was there. I actually snuck into, when they came back on tour, I snuck into the theater and nobody, nobody caught me. Oh, because wow. I, I that, that's another... Uh, so, so that's another thing we'll jot down mentally. I'll come back to. So, uh, I, I didn't. I was reluctant to go see Sinbad because I was like, man, you know, I remember Sinbad from 
Star Search. I think he he was the runner-up um, for his season of Star Search in the late 80s. And he was the coach on A Different World. Right, right. And I think... I liked him as the coach. I, th- I mean, I don't get me wrong. I thought Sinbad was funny, but he was a stark contrast to what was happening with, quote-unquote, black comedy. Gotcha, and yeah. so I... For... for Eight or nine months, I had been fed one type of uh, approach to comedy, and so I was like, "That's what. That's what I. I want to do deaf comedy jam. I can't be bothered with Sinbad, but I liked her, so I was like, I guess I'll go. You know, yeah. reluctantly, man. When I tell you I went, and this dude, as much as I dug uh, the deaf comedy jam uh, concert, his concert hit me also, and his concert. I, I, anytime I go to shows, even to this day, if I go like go see Beyonce in concert or Jay-Z, I always, um, I think the performer in me is always yearning to be on stage, but I'm also studying what they're doing and how they captivate the, captivate the crowd. But even more so, I'm looking at the audience and seeing who's in the audience and how people are responding uh, inside the audience, and and I, I get goosebumps. Um, you know, thinking about it. Uh, um, it was a cat, Monteria Ivy. He used to. Uh, he was the host of um, HBO Snaps, and if you ever watched Uptown Comedy Club, he he hosted the battles. And then Monteria Ivy, if you if you watch a lot of those early uh, HBO specials from the early '90s with, with Margaret Cho and uh, and Carlos uh, Mencia and Chris Rock's big ass jokes. Um, he was the voice. He was the intro voice. Okay. I think he did warm-ups. And uh, Monty said to me years ago, uh, when, when I first met, told myself and a bunch of other comics, he was like, always study performers. Because mm. if you're a performer, you always want to see what they do um, and how you can use that and apply it to yourself. So Sinbad, I mean, Sinbad, not, not only did he kill, but he had old people. Like, I'm old. He had that that age people in his audience. He had uh, teenagers. He had, um, you know, young 20-somethings. He had everybody in this audience and every race covered. And so I'm sitting watching, and this is before I even met Monty, but I just kind of had an innate sense to study. And I'm watching, I'm like, yo, this dude has everybody. He's getting, and so financially, uh, I'm thinking, that's the, if you can do what he does, he just did an hour and a half clean set um, in front of 2,500, 3,000 people and find a way to connect to things um, that they all re- re- react to, you'll never, you'll you'll always win because those old people, yeah, they'll die, but they have, they have <laughs> kids and grandkids. I know that was morbid, but, but seriously, if that's, that's what Will Smith tapped into. He, he right. uh, you tap into youth culture and you have fans from when they're kids all the way through their life, you know, and so for me, that that's the main reason I said, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to accept the challenge to see if I can communicate both in life and then on. Well, stage. Well, because that's what I was going to ask. I understand yeah. why you don't curse on stage. But I, I, didn't I understand. I did it in life because I was like, I just wanted to see if I could challenge myself. But what if you like get angry, like really angry? I said, but you don't. Even if I if if I get pissed off, I still can uh, vent. With, without... Well, I'm not saying you can't. No, I'm no, just saying, but sometimes but, you get so no, angry, I, you just I, can't I, help I, it. I still, I can, I still can, um, I still can communicate my angst without cursing my kids out. You know what I mean? Right, well, I just or meant, well, cursing yeah. out whomever. I, okay. I, I, 
I'm not I'm not perfect, so I have arguments with people. I can raise my voice. I'm still six foot four, uh, large black man. So if if it comes to some sort of ruckus, I still will let that person uh, on the other side of things let my point uh, understand my point and, and uh, whatever. Uh, vitriol I might have for whatever they're presenting. You know what I mean? Right. And I could do it without, but I could still do it without uh, cursing. Malcolm X wasn't always happy. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? People understand intention. You're the actor, so you understand if you're an actor, you can communicate intention with with uh, body language, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I, true. I don't have to lean on or succumb. And, and that's not, I'm trying to think. Uh, you know who, you know who uh, hears me Curse jokingly, my wife, because because cursing is funny to me. Yeah, cursing, and and I guess as I've gotten older, I, I've I've looked at profanity and said, especially when I see like on, if I'm on the train and I see young cats, you know, just stringing as many, uh, you know, well, there's an excess to it that can come to it, be obnoxious. It's of definitely course. excess, but but that's why it becomes even funnier and more laughable to me. What's this? What's this? You gotta teach the kids to be clean. That's a book on poop. A natural history of the unmentionable poop. Wow. There you go. And there you have it. And it look and it and it really looks like it's been like poop is on yeah. it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's I mean. That's amazing. You that's, have this book. That's how you educate. Uh, it's a it's a coffee table book. Right. Right. That is unbelievable. I, I guarantee you, if Howie Mandel was here, he would not touch that book. I'm yeah, I mean, it looks dirty. It's it's that's, amazing. That's the point, point. and it's clean. It's a clean book, but they they well, made that's the up cover, for interpretation. But they, well, they made they um, made the book look as as dusty as uh. Well, that's what you want us to believe, at least. I mean, you know, obviously, I wasn't at the bookstore when you purchased right, it, right, so I really right. don't know. Well, this could be part of a, good, well, a ruse. Of, uh, ruse is a good word. I love that word. It's a, well, but you know, okay, so obviously you see guys in the train like that are like terrible, but then you see someone like Danny McBride who basically uh-huh. makes it like an art form of right, being, right. you know, raunchy and cursing and, and very and, funny. And, and God bless him. I, I love, I was just watching uh, Richard Pryor Omit the Logic. I actually was going to try well, to Danny watch Danny McBride is you. like my Malcolm X, so that's is that I'm Is that right? I never knew that, uh, uh, that uh, man, what's the, what's the haircut? The mullet uh, leads into, you know, a prophet, so... If he's not a prophet, I don't know who is. That's true. And McBride is funny. I like. It. I like. Did you see? This is the end. Oh, of course. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Brilliant. You know. Uh, you know. You guys see? Did you see Observe and Report? You know, it's funny. I just. I have the. <laughs> that's funny. The bootleg is somewhere. I just saw it, and the reason I never watched my brother-in-law. Uh, should I not put this out? Well, it's too late. It's uh, for the podcast. <laughs> Um, he always has bootlegs of movies. And I said to him a decade ago, I was like, hey, man, I'm in the industry. And so, you know, I probably shouldn't. He's like, yeah, whatever. Here, get the girls. Um, here's, here's a copy of what, whatever. Uh, Find a Nemo, you know. Right. And once the kids get involved, I'm like, all right, well, I guess they're going right, to watch. Right. He always has good copies. And so he had um observing report. Um and and it's sitting over there. And the other day, I was cleaning great up. Great movie. I saw, I, I've never watched it. Unbelievable. But it funny. It it's, funny. It's amazing. So now I gotta watch it. It's Years unbelievable. Later, it's, it's it's a great movie. It got underrated because one because Kevin James movie came out right, earlier. Right. That's and uh, the, uh, Paul Blart. Paul Blart. Blart. And, and they're two very different movies. Right. And the thing is, like you know, Paul Blart's just like a movie for everybody. Right. PG thirteen. This was right. like. 
an R-rated, really funny comedy. It's really different. It's right. different from anything else. Even if you don't like it, you can't say it's like anything else. Okay. And it's really cool. It's the same writer and director as Eastbound and Down and Creator. Oh. And it's and Danny McBride has a small part in it. And, so was uh, that, is that what sort of jumped off McBride's... Uh... This movie? Yeah. No, no, he just has a small part oh, okay. in this, but it's his... They all did Eastbound and Down crew. together, so it's their okay. Okay. crew. And uh, no, the movie that got Danny McBride was the other one I was telling you about last time, which was The Foot Fist Way. It was an oh, right, independent right. film okay. that Will Ferrell bought. Yes. yes. So, yes. The Will um, Ferrell. What are, I, I was supposed to come back around. Yes. Well, so, well, we, we, I think we covered the language of why yeah. you don't curse yeah. in real life and you're able to discipline yourself even when you're angry, which is amazing. But hey. I'd like to see you stub your toe in person. And one of us. See, but now, because I, like, even with the t shirts, like, Father Mucker, now it's gotten to the point where it's natural for me. If I'm, if I am PO'd, uh, <laughs> I'll curse dyslexically to kind of lighten the mood to myself and make myself laugh. I really like that shirt, by the way. It looks good on camera, too. You said people people dig it, right? Yes, said, yes. Yeah, where, I figured, oh, because we were wearing it that day. That's why. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Dean Edwards' uh, Cool for the Mucket t-shirts. Yeah. Uh, one day to be available at DeanEdwards.com, <laughs> but not yet. Did I have Caroline's that night? Yeah, I don't remember. Sure, Caroline's? I don't remember. Yeah. That day, it's such a, these past two weeks are a blur to me, but I definitely wore the shirt for okay, the rest of the day. Yeah, no, I, I, I the like nod, the, Even the colors, that's a nod to uh, Darth Vader. It looks cool, Anybody though. It looks cool on Any film. Star Wars geeks, it's it's because uh, uh, it's it's for the Sith Lord. You know, yeah. Darth Vader, black and red. You know, that's I know that's that's the nerd in me, son, but, you know. I was never <laughs> a Star Wars Mike guy, smile. so, yeah, Mike probably knows that. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not. I've never been a big Star Wars guy. Well, even the logo on the back is is uh isn't my 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 oh, I didn't realize that. logo okay. is the Empire Strikes Back logo. You know, very interesting. Yeah, you know, you learn something new every day. So no, you were coming back to I think the Sinbad kind of how he blew your mind and what was going on. Yeah, Def Comedy Jam. Oh, Sinbad and uh, yeah, his his style, man. He was. I mean, that that afros and bell bottoms uh, still holds up. He was funny. Um, in that special, and and that that's what made me say, you know, let me if if I if I clean up, and I was never I, at that point in my life, I wasn't uh, this someone that uh, did you do death comedy jam on uh, ex expletives to communicate an idea. Um, I heard what you said. I was just trying. To no, no, I know. I'm sorry. Um, and I yes, I did, and I did death comedy jam. I did death, and here's here's a prime example of uh, why I was glad. That I that I stopped uh, cursing um, because uh, I did Def Jam. We did Def Jam in uh, in November '95. I've been uh, I've been a comic three and a half years at that point, and um, and I remember after doing it, I was excited and, and proud. I remember uh, Chappelle hosting my show. It was myself, uh, this cat from Toronto. He got cut because he caught an L. Did, he was wearing a canary yellow suit. I was like, and what he got booed? He didn't get. You know what? He didn't get booed. He got. He got. Uh, there's not a boo. This is for all, all all the new comics out here uh, that within within the sound of my voice understand a boo is harsh, but silence is murder. I mean, hmm. you can get because here's my ideas for when you get booed. If I'm on stage and I, and I do a joke. And then I say, and then he stubbed his toe. And that's where I think the laugh's going to come. And someone says, boo! Boo your toe, right? I'm like, okay, in my mind, I'm like, 
right, I gotta, I gotta fix that toe joke, or I gotta get rid of that particular joke. But if you on stage, you like, yeah, so then I stub that toe, and you just hear this, and suddenly, like even the crickets, the crickets are like. And they just stop on you and you have people staring at you. A silence, a, a silence is what makes your mouth dry, right? Because you had expectations of what you thought you were going to get. When you practice this joke in your mirror, when you were in your car running the joke on your way to the gig, you knew in your mind, this about, I'm about to lay these cats out. And then you hit that joke and you get nothing. Suddenly your throat gets very dry. You ever had that happen? Have yeah. you had it? I don't get the throat to dry, but Dude. I'll get the uh, I'll get you I'll get, get red? The sweat. I'll get my I'll start to sweat, sweat and not my whole like back will be right. Like, you feel that trickle of, of sweat down your chest. It feels like an ant is scurrying down your body. Yeah, it's terrible. Oh, dude, let me tell you something. See, that, that means you haven't done one of those real... Because you do urban rooms. Yeah. But you got to do one of them hood spots. Back in the days, we used to have... Um, I've done some hood spots. Put it this way. Terminal D, the Peppermint. The Peppermint Lounge is where they used to audition cats for Def Comedy Jam, right? So you could have killed wherever. And I started out, I started, I was in college in Rochester. And so I started in Rochester, right? So for the first three years of my career, it was all gigs in Rochester and Buffalo. That's how Russell uh, Peters and I know each other because we both started um, in in the early 90s. So we used to always do shows together and uh, run into each other because there weren't but a handful of comics up in the uh, Western New York, upstate New York, and uh, and you know Canada and Toronto, and what have you. So shout out to Russ, his birthday just passed. Apologize for missing party. I heard the party was dope. Like Big Daddy Kane, did you go? No. Yeah, he had all these old school oh, rappers. Here in New York. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm so I, I it was it was the final uh, episode of uh, of Breaking Bad, man. You know. <laughs> oh, you really didn't. You could have gone, but you stayed. For I was well, Breaking the thing, Bad. He, I spoke to him that evening. I forgot. That his birthday was was that evening, and at this point, Sunday is my one night that I kind of take off and give to the family, and so I'm chilling. And then I see, oh, it's Russ's birthday. Was, um, I said, "Yo, it's your birthday this weekend." He's like, "It's today." I was like, "Damn!" I was like, "Happy birthday!" And I was like, "Yo, that party is night." I could have once I'm in once I'm in daddy mode and my my shoes have come off and and I've. Uh, unbuckled my belt. It's a wrap. Right. So it was a wrap. Right, right. You know, but I, I saw pictures. I heard it was a heard dope was part, yeah. party. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and yeah, I've never really met Russell, so I don't know. Good, but good. One of the sweetest, kind, one of the kindest uh, dudes I know in in the, one of the most successful slash kindest dudes I, 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 I know. And pr- proud to call a friend. And, um, and so we used to do these shows. So here's the thing. If you're doing comedy, wherever you do, wherever you're a comedian on the planet, once you move to New York specifically, but also I'll give L.A., any city where the, the crowds are more comedy literate, um, your, your couple of years count as maybe six months. Because it's a, especially New York is a quicker pace. You know, it's a quick, just in general, New York is a quicker city. It's a quicker pace than everywhere else in in the country, you know, even even California is. Um, I remember someone's uh, using this uh, metaphor of uh, West Coast hip hop versus East Coast hip hop. 
uh, East Coast, you, everybody's running and gunning. You get on the train, you got to get on the train, got to make your train, got to get off the train, go upstairs and, and get to your job. L.A., you're stuck in traffic, so it's more laid back. It's, it's, it's cooler. It's more relaxed. You know what I mean? So there's a, New York is a quicker pace. Are those people relaxed in traffic? Huh? Well, they're not relaxed in traffic. It's, right. <laughs> but you feel me. It's, right, right. It's, it's, a, it's a slower... Um, that's what G-Funk... G-Funk came from... If you look at uh, G-Funk, the G-Funk era of uh, sort of hip-hop and West Coast hip-hop versus the, the griminess of... Uh, uh, enter the 36 Chambers Wu-Tang's first album, you hear the d distinct difference in what Wu-Tang and, and Nas and even Biggie was doing versus The Chronic and uh, uh, Snoop's or, 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 or MC8, you know, or, or, or Ice-T, whomever was was hot, Freestyle Fellowship. Like, you had a handful of rappers on, on the West Coast that kind of were quicker and more lyrical versus being more laid back. That's not to say Snoop wasn't lyrical, but it, you could understand his lyrics more mm -hmm. than you could understand, uh, uh, say, Jizza at, at first glance, you know. So, um... Can you do iced tea? I'm just curious. Yeah, I could do a little bit of iced tea. <laughs> people don't people don't realize iced tea. I really never... People, <laughs> you know where I got the... I, my impression of iced tea is based off of... Uh, it's based off of Ice-T uh, when he was in Breaking back in the 80s. Yo, this is Ice-T talking to you. And I don't have no reason to lie to you, man. Because <laughs> Ice-T... Ice-T, you know what's funny? Ice-T been out for a long time. Pe people sleep. Ice-T's been out. I remember Ice-T and Joe Love's video for the Pee Wee Herman dance. Like, no... Chances are... Anybody that remembers, anybody that hears this podcast, if you remember Ice-T in the Joe Ski Love video for Pee Wee Herman, just hashtag Pee Wee Herman Dance at IMD Networks. Because no one, that was one of those things, I remember seeing a video, I was like, hey, that's the dude from Breaking. And that's before you really knew Ice-T's name, you kind of knew it from Breaking. Like, Ice-T in, in, in Breaking was a, take an I-C-E, capital T, get a great rapper ever could be. Like, he loved, oh, wow, wait, wait, there was a same, me and Big J. Jay got to come and do this show because I'm... He knows that? That's the girl from the beach. Well, it's a part in Breaking where the girl, where Ozone and Turbo are battling Electro Rock, uh -huh. and Electro Rock won the first battle because they had this Puerto Rican chick come out and pop lock, and they were like, what do we do? They have a, a girl. And I was like, well, battle her too. <laughs> but instead, they just sort of froze up. Yeah. And so to pay them back, not only did they get a girl, they got a white woman that could break dance. She really couldn't. She just did a lot of gymnastics, but it was 83. Yeah. You know, so you're like, and so when Ice-T brings the girl, when when Ice-T's uh, rapping and Turbo and Ozone are battling and then Electro Rock brings out the Puerto Rican chick, uh, Turbo and Ozone look like, oh yeah, we got some. Then they turn and they pull up. Her name was Lucinda Dickey, I think is her name, the actress. She... <laughs> They pull her out, and she starts kicking. And you hear Ice-T, oh, wow, what is this? <laughs> and you hear Cap from Electro Rock, that's the girl from the beach, because they met her dancing, doing yeah, some yeah. ballet crap on the beach. And uh, then Ice-T starts 
like freestyle. He's like, girl looks pretty. She looks nice. Rocking the house to the beat of the ice. It, can I look this up on YouTube? You can watch the movie, son. If you go, don't look up the clip. You got to watch the oh, movie. I got to check this out. I'm you a big go Ice-T fan. Are you really? Yes. Six in the morning? Well, I, I like... His older stuff, I like a little, like not a lot. I yeah, like I okay, tell, but I say six in the morning. I mean, you're supposed to say, of course. I mean, that's a famous obviously squeeze thing. the trigger. About to unload but the see, ammo. E squeeze the trigger. But see, some of that is a little hard for me to listen to the sound, the I way the sound it's is. Very, but, it's very dated. But as the, far as the music. But I do, I did like it, and I really liked his last album that was released a few years ago. Or now more than 2006 it was released. Okay. And that was really good. I was probably... You, you told me about Me that. of like 10 people bought yeah. it, but I, I love it. At that point, see, at that point, I was like, Ice-T's actor now. I don't really pay attention. You got to listen to it. But you told me that last time, which yeah. shows how committed I am to listening to it. Um, shout out to Ice-T. And also shout out not only to Coco, his current lady, but Darlene, the original um, Ice-T um, yeah. girlfriend. Darlene was fine. I remember... They were on tour with, uh, I think, Cube, Public Enemy, Ice-T, uh, Tribe Called Quest, and like one one more group. And I remember uh, we saw Dar they were on tour. We saw Darlene in in the mall, and she was bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in the, looking back, like that album cover. Remember LL on to the break of dawn? Um, he he took out. Uh, well, there's, some people say it's questionable. Like my man, Hugh Moore. Hugh always says, nah, uh, Mo D won the battle. But I feel like To the Break of Dawn was one of, one of those like career-defining moments because LL, he even if he didn't win, even though I feel like he did, he battled three cats on one record. He he, he went at Cool Mo D and got the nerd that had them Star Trek shades on. <laughs> Can't handle the whole weight. Skin needs lotion. Teeth needs Colgate. <laughs> um... He went at hammer. Um, uh, uh, what did he say? You swing a hammer, but you couldn't break a glass. Give me a lighter. Woof. Now you cut loose from that Jerry Curl juice. <laughs> like, and then he took out iced tea. And he's like, uh, you about to hear a real ill paragraph soon. I took the cover right home to the bathroom. Because remember the album cover? Right. Ice-T's first album, I think, or first or second, Power, his second album, had them all on the cover. And Darlene... Oh, I remember there's a bunch of them. Yeah, it was nice. I enjoyed that in my youth. <laughs> that album cover brought me a lot of happy memories. Ice-T, Mr. T, whatever you'd like. Tracy, that's his name, Tracy. Oh, right, I forgot his name. Oh. Is Tracy. His documentary was really good, too. Did you see which, the Art of Rap? One? Art of Rap is dope. It's very good. Art of Rap is... is he gets a lot of rap, important people in there, too. Art of Rap, should they should show Art of Rap on BET, MTV, and VH1 concurrently and make it required watching and viewing. Well, how can you do that when they're playing the cookout, too? Right, exactly. <laughs> and and Notorious, because BET <laughs> loves playing cookout, too, and Notorious. <laughs> uh, why am I talking like Chris Rock? But, um... No, the, like, like Ice-T, man, his, his legacy is, uh, is, you know, people... You know, I laughed when him and Soldier Boy had beef, which was so funny. I'm not a Soldier Boy right, fan, right. but I was laughing. Soldier Boy, he clearly didn't really. Soldier Boy, familiar. Tell him. that's his full name. Is that his full yeah, name? I never. Understood. I can't believe you know that, but all right. Um, but you know, it's funny. Soldier Boy, he recorded like a video of him Wikipediaing him because he was like he he basically he like he almost him. didn't know who he had beef right, with. Right. And it, what made me laugh about it was is now <laughs> and now listen, I'm not even a Soldier Boy fan, but what cracked right. me up is he's on the computer with his boys looking him up. He's like, 
He's like, is this the dude that be solving mysteries? Uh, <laughs> said, is that on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. He said, is he that. the, I think he said the N-word. He says, is this the N-word that be solving mysteries? I was like, oh, that's such a funny way of putting it. Because right. I've never heard someone put law and order. As, right. It is a mystery, but it's just funny. How many people are listening and saying, did he just say this the N-word? That's <laughs> 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 always funny. That's so hilarious. <laughs> Y'all can't say it. <laughs> Bessie started red. That's always funny to me when, when this inserted because they're like, oh, that's right, you can't. Because if you did, then I'd have people saying, Dean, you just going to sit there and let him say? I can say it. I just choose not to. Um, well, you can, you know, you can YouTube it or I can give you the line. Maybe next time I can I'll YouTube you the nigga? line. No, I'm just playing. What'd you say? Nah, I don't, I don't. I don't use it, but people around me do, and I'm not. I'm, at this point, I'm tired of saying to people, "Hey, brother, listen, we don't need to call ourselves the N-word. Let's elevate." You know, I got, you know, he come up with with Keith Robinson and Patrice O'Neill and, and Ian Edwards <laughs> and Will Sylvance, and there was there was a time in talent, and there was a time uh, in the late mid to late '90s. There was a phrase that everyone went through where it was like, "Nigga here," like, and everything, and everything ended or started with "Nigga here." Yeah, got yeah, on I remember before that. you snapped on someone. You're like, "Nigga here," got on, got on the uh, Timberlands with a bush on the side. Nigga here, you know, right, right. Everything where it got was that like, like phrase. Right, we get it. Hashtag this nigga here. We get it. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, and so once again for me, I was like, eh, you know. I you know what I did? like when I text my boys now I put Zigger that's our little dot uh, Zigger <laughs> you know and now people will use like Ninja or, I hate uh, that I hate Ninja, that Ninja is crazy. which is yeah. so offensive to actual Ninja you know <laughs> yeah is it no, Ninja a lot with of people an use ER you've been using a Ninjas for a while like, no it's just another way of there's another way that, instead of using using the N word as Vessi so uh, finally puts um, people yeah. use the word Ninja. But but here's the thing, and even with with me curse, cussing dyslexically, once the the idea is re- truthfully, once you assign the meaning of nigga to ninja, you may as well say nigga. You know, the same right. thing with me saying too, right, 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 right. But the same thing like with with Father Mucker. <laughs> technically, I'm if I say Father Mucker, I'm cursing, but I've just I've I've made it funny, and so it takes the sting off it because of the absurdity of it. But once you once a word takes on the definition of this uh, of another word is replacing, then it's attached to it. You know, right? That's true. Just my my two cents. Well, um, but my thing with here's what I remembered where I was going. Will Smith was a lyrical beast, like the Fresh Prince. I should say. Yeah, yeah, he was, was good. Like, I remember. No. No, you gotta hear like going back to summertime, aren't we going back? Before summertime. Oh, before summertime. Before the first album. Oh. Uh it was uh I think it was summer, I wanna say it was eighty-six. There was a there was something called the New 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 World Seminar, New Music Seminar. Um it used to be this big sort of trade show for musicians and and, and rappers specifically and DJs. And Jazzy Jeff premiered uh, what became the Transform, the Transformer scratch, where it's like, okay. and uh, Will, yo, Fresh Prince 
he he went in so hard. I was like, this dude is nice. And this is before you really knew who he was and before people decided to say, oh, well, he's clean, so he's corny. I'm like, nah, that dude's actually brilliant, you know, and lyrically adept at what he's doing. But he just found a lane. And so and I see, I remember I see on Arsenio saying, you know what? I got I got love for uh for Will Smith. He's like he, or the Fresh Prince. Um he's like, but whereas the Fresh Prince is sort of Disney, I'm more uh Jason and Michael Myers. <laughs> but that was right. a decent analogy because he was saying, yeah. look, there's something for everybody. He wasn't, he wasn't hate. Like nowadays, people would say, Oh, he's hating. Nah, he's not hating. You know, get rid of that terminology in the lexicon. The term hate. The way people use the term hate nowadays is so uh, um, over-abused now. If I don't like you, let me not like you. That doesn't mean I'm hating on you. If Or if I don't like something that you do or something you present, that's not me saying, oh, I'm hating on you. I just don't respond to it the way you want me to. You so know? what would be hate then? Hate is, a, okay, like you're a comic. So hate is is you being on stage, or let's reverse it. Me not liking you is me sitting in the audience and not laughing. Me hating on you is me standing up or yelling out during your show. Yo, dude, you ain't funny. Get off the stage. Die. That's hate. You know what I mean? That's hating. Right. When someone just... If I have an opinion contrary to, to your opinion, that doesn't mean I'm hating. That just means I have a, I'm allowed to have my opinion. And that's the problem. I remember the first time I heard the term uh, on on um, on, on uh, Biggie's second album, Life After Death. It was, play a hater. Yeah. First time I heard play a hater, I was like, I don't like that phrase. I ain't like that. Because I was like, this now... That, that term, this is not on Biggie or, or Puff or anybody, but just the term... Um, once you put the, a term, was second, he one of the first people to use? That's that? the first time I ever heard the term "play hate." Was was uh was was Biggie okay. from from what I can recall? And once once that word became once the term "hating," uh, which we 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 sort of all adopted, once that became um, uh, abundantly used in hip hop and now just in in the lexicon in general, um, I like the word lexicon. Um, it's like Star Trek II Rathacon. And so once it became abused, it made it, made it okay for medi mediocrity to, to thrive. Because now if you were corny, comedian, corny uh, singer, corny rapper, as soon as I say, I'm really not feeling that dude. Oh, why are you hating? I'm, I'm, I'm not hating. I just, yeah. I don't really agree. Right, right. You, no, that's, you you're stink, right. in my opinion. But keep doing you. But don't get mad at me because I'm not feeling it, you know? I never had a problem with anybody, you know, the handful of people that, um, like, somebody hit me on uh, on, on Twitter and and uh, miss, and it took out of context, too, because I don't, I, don't, I don't disrespect anybody that I do an impression of. That's make that clear. From Tracy Morgan to Denzel to Lil Wayne, whomever. There's no hate towards any of them. I'm not disrespecting any of them. But if I say Lil Wayne, uh, Lil Wayne sounds like when your stomach growls. It, he does. That's a, and the the reality, you can say, you can, you can say, you know what, that's not funny to me, but you can't tell me if if uh it was in an audience at the laugh factory in front of 250 people, if they were laughing. 
is funny. Comedy is subjective, you know. So so there was a there was a female. It turns out, and I think she's like a teenager who she she uh, she tweeted uh, at me. Uh, what was she say? Uh, somebody tell this nigga I am at I am Dean Edwards to die. And so I took offense to but that. But just did she say why she said? Um, it? he was getting at uh Lil Tunchi. Uh, little who? That's uh one of Lil Lil Wayne's uh, AKAs. Tunchi. Tunchi. Okay. Tunchi. Okay. Uh, that's your one photo. You don't really know though. Only live once. That's a model. Everybody, hey, 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 like Tunchi. That's one of Lil Wayne's. And shout out to Lil Wayne. I got no problem. I I appreciate Lil Wayne. I, I dance to some of his music. I like. I, he, oh, when, he's not gonna when, show you. When he when he uh, excuse me, when he puts his mind to it, I think he he's l- lyrically a beast. But I also think there are times where he's lazy, and you're like, come on, Wayne, get right. me better. I'm holding cats to a higher standard, because I want to inspire people. You know what I mean? And so that's that's where I have a problem. That's that's my problem with uh, social media in general. People think they can say anything. You say say anything if you can say it. Um, to my face, say it on social media. But if you, if you hide behind your, your right. computer, I'm hating you. you right, know? right. Well, you I can... created that fake account because... Um, no. Ha, 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 ha. She was cute, too. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, well, that's, that's a little... I mean, it's like... Yeah, that's, I mean, that's way... That's, when people start doing that, I've heard people get... No matter what an argument is... Uh-huh. Even if someone's getting very harsh, I've never responded with what some people do with with die and all this thing because it's like I, that doesn't even come to my head like well, to wish death upon you. Well, that, that, and that's for, that's in my mind. I'm like, so hold Jesus. up. So you you love Lil Wayne or whomever so much that you you literally want the 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 heart to stop beating in my body because I have affected you so much. Uh, in your corner of the world, you you actually you who went, you had to go watch the clip because what happened was the Laugh Factory put up a clip of a set I did Is this uh, recent? in L.A. a couple of weeks ago. I think okay. I did it like two weeks ago, and uh, they 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 put it up, which I'm not big on them posting because it's like let let me choose whether or not I post my material. But I they posted it, so I retweeted it. I'm actually trying to find the uh, the run because it it. Uh, it went way further than it should have. You know what I mean? We, like can, we can insert the clip on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, that, look. So. Uh, here's, here's where it started. Like, uh, I'm not going to say her name because um, then that would make her more famous uh, than, the, uh, than the 705 followers that she has. Um, which is, and here's what's funny. She's following 666 people, so she's the devil. Um, <laughs> she is the devil. So... Yes, yeah, right, right. So it don't make sense. So on on September 29th in the morning, I get I I just and, I, and it's funny because usually Mondays I'll try to like reach like hit people back that saw me at shows or whatever just to give them dap and thank them for coming out to shows. So I get the I think the thing was posted on Thursday or Friday last week and she hits me with can this nigga called I I am Dean Edwards die right now making fun of at Lil Tunchi and shit without looking at his ugly ass face unfunny and dumb. So, um, I responded with, uh, no, I can't die anytime soon, boo. But thanks for playing. And then I winked at her. Then uh, then she uh put this shit was funnier than your actual your actual stand up show. 
JS and then blew a kiss. I said, nah, it wasn't. Come to the live show to judge properly, not off a four-minute clip. Then my boy Anash, uh, Anash uh, Parvazi, that's my man, shout out, um, he said, first the N-word, defending Lil Tunchi, then saying that Dean basically sucks. Wow, three things that shocked me. And and so she responded to me saying the live show thing. She said it probably ain't worth it. Then she said, say that to this to him, to Anash, say that to Paula Dean. That word shouldn't be shocking you nowadays. And why shocked that I'm defending Lil Tunchi? And at that point, I was like, yeah, let me, let me, this is going on longer. This is over a course of uh like a 24-hour period. So I said, this is a matter of opinion, but the 200-plus in the audience, the clip you referenced beg to differ. Hashtag comedy subjective. Hashtag still won't die. Hashtag enough said. And then I, uh, I put in the next one, yo, Anash, no worries. Drake saw me do the joke about Tunchi and gave me dap and saw no need to defend. Hashtag final tweet. Um, Where did Drake see you do that joke? Uh, say again? Where did Drake see you do that joke? Uh, at comics um, in Manhattan. Oh, right. You told me that was before yeah. he was kind of... That, that was when his, his first single blew up, but he was with Young Money. Right, right. I'm like, yeah. as a matter of fact, if ever you're going to stomp for your quote-unquote leader... Right. I mean, he's also a Canadian child actor, so he probably <laughs> wouldn't do anything anyway. <laughs> Oh, oh, I didn't even realize. She she responded. She's like, I took it serious as a big Tunchi fan. Skinny jeans, camel toe, his voice. You know you made fun of him, right? Wow, it's very intense. Um, yeah, but at, now now I won't. I, I, I said. Uh, now she's now. Does it, I final it has location. So what if she's on Clara Street? No, um, she's on. Uh, well, you just put oh, my, my stuff out. <laughs> we'll, we'll bleep it. We'll bleep, bleep, bleep that it. out. We'll bleep. Up, son. Hey, damn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bleep it out. <laughs> But uh, no, I, she's uh, I, I, she lives in uh, Saudi Arabia, in Riyadh. Actually, <laughs> oh, in Saudi. Which oh is my funny God. because here's here what's funny. I actually um, I got people over there. I actually know. Uh, I have I have people well connected over there, and and the the sinister side of me wanted to put wanted to um, <laughs> wanted to write something saying. Such and such, say hello to this person, which I'm pretty sure would have shut her up. But I, I don't want to, you don't want it. It shouldn't escalate to that. Right, right. That was intense. Yeah, it was interesting. It wasn't intense for me. I was just yeah. like, I just, I'm, a, I'm if you're going to talk to me, I'm going to talk back. She was trying to be disrespectful with the not really. I'm like, well, that's that's your opinion. But right. you're, but you're, what you're, you're trying to bait me. And having this convo, right? I'm not gonna have this long convo. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna let you know how I feel, and keep it moving. Which is what I like. Anyone that I, I, I that and one other time, somebody, uh, somebody, it was like the first season of Guy Code, and some dude uh, hit me, and I don't remember what he said. That's how important it was to me. Uh, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he says something greasy. So, and I'm not getting all rah rah and ten exclamation points. I'm just let you know, I you you I have your feeling, but I'm gonna say what I have to say, and you can curse me out again. I'll keep it moving. Right. And eventually, I have no problem blocking. And every so often, you have you have your people get at. Yeah, I, I have uh, my friend Kanisha, Kanisha at Kanisha Bus. Uh, it's funny you remember everyone through their uh, Twitter and Instagram names, but Kanisha 
somebody came at her sideways and she just she she put something like, "Yo, would you fools uh, check out this dude trying to um trying to uh, get into something?" And next thing you know, this dude like everyone was getting at him, you know, yeah, blasting. I'm I'm a lover, not a fighter. I don't well, fight you scare me because when you start to say that, like, yo, if somebody wants to. So well, I'm, I thought I'm, like I'm, you were reaching for under your mattress, I'm like something was gonna first. happen. No, I know, but I didn't know. I said, "Is there hardware here?" Like I got nervous hey, for a second. Man. I was like, "Jeez." I was in the military. That's what I'm saying. I was like, "Yeah," because you were like, "Yo, people think they can talk greasy with no repercussions." <laughs> Yo, man, let me tell you something. <laughs> you know, I scream my man Ice T to get them pimps and hoes on. Uh, yeah, because you know Ice T's cover in 2006, still at 48 years old. Well, he was 48 then. In 2006, he was had it? the he had the cover. It was him. I think I told you the cover was him naked, you know, with his wife over him, and he still had the gun on the table. Hey. <laughs> Which I just love because I assume Ice-T's not shooting people, just a guess. No. But And I just think it's but he just... got them people that can do it, though. <laughs> He's got the no, gun. No, that's what... You, you never the know gun who the knows table. whom. No, you know, I'm not saying never that. Know yeah. who's, not you, but, you know, people think because uh, people get successful... They always, anyone that came from the street, and this is not me saying I'm from the street, but anyone that came from the street. I'm from um, the streets. Has, I believe it. Your last name's Vessi, you know? Um, Damn, you put my last name you know, out? I, I've said it 50 Shit. times since the right. beginning. I thought I was just going by Joseph, but all right, nah, I'll go by Joe, my last Joe name. Vess. Okay, you know, cool. Joe Vess. Uh, we the best! And um, yeah, you think, you think that, uh, like, people think they can talk fly to, like, Puffy? And, and whatnot. <laughs> Puffy. But but here's the thing, I'm like, Puffy from Uptown, you know Harlem. You think he doesn't have the goons on speed dial if need be? Not to say he would, because right. he's elevated beyond that. But you yeah. still know people. Yeah. You all still know people. You always know somebody that's hungry and willing to do something to to uh elevate their their position and situation in the crew. I remember seeing Puffy be at a club in Atlanta yelling at someone in the crowd because they weren't drinking Ciroc. And he, <laughs> and he was... and he was, That should have been the commercial. And, and he was he was cursing them out and yelling and saying... And, and, I, and I can't remember what he was saying to the guy. You can YouTube it, obviously. And he was calling him some shit. And he was really saying, of course, fighting words, right? Because this guy uh -huh. wasn't drinking Ciroc. And then eventually T.I. got on the mic and said, hey, Puffy, you know, like... Let that guy drink what he wants to drink. You got way too much money to be, you know, yelling right. like that. And I was just amazed at Puff Daddy at 40, successful, that he was willing, basically, right. I mean, this is the way I interpret it. He right. was willing That's to you're white. his... That's because you're white. Brother be like, hey, sometimes you got to holler. Right, right. right. I was funny. looking at it as like, this guy was willing to risk his life right, right, right. over this crap, right. Right, which yeah. makes me, you know, wonder. Like, I mean, maybe he was drunk, whatever his problem was, but Actually, it was just... Of, it's of probably Ciroc. Of Ciroc. <laughs> and uh, it was just so, fa it was actually, it was fascinating to me. I was like, wow. It's like, this is, he'd have it all in here in, in an <laughs> Atlanta sorry. club. I don't like making things racial, but it's so funny to because the, the perspective, the fact that you were, that you just use, this is fascinating. No, no, no. Sounds, I know. I, see, but, I know but, where you're you going. Know, it's, it's funny. No, but, but it sounds funny. But you're, I, I I'm looking at him because he's successful. Of course. I know. I, and yeah, I wasn't yeah, thinking, yeah. Uh, that's your white guilt again. No, because I don't I wasn't white think guilt. It was just... race, race that made you feel that way. It, it is definitely looking at it from from the perspective of like, dude, this dude's successful. Why would you get into confrontation with someone? Clearly, is not um, anywhere near in the realm of your financial success. Why even let them affect? But you still, you human, man. 
you, 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 we men first, and I don't know because, if that's human. That might huh? be retarded. No, but, I, I yeah. said, I said human. Oh, you know, not not you, man. I said we are all human, and so we all take it on a smaller scale. Right, right. You in your car, um, you're a level-headed dude. If someone is zigzag, you see them zigzagging through traffic, and then <laughs> they almost sideswipe you. You're going to feel inclined, even if your windows rolled up, you're gonna be like. Yo, what the hell? You know, you're going to get rah-rah. Your right, hands right. are going to be flailing, and you're going to get pissed. Now, if that dude gets out of his car and comes to your window and is banging, banging on your window, you're going to, the reality of it is going to set in where you're going to, just, you're still pissed off, but you're going to say, all right, if I get out, am I going to, are we really about to have, have a fight? Or are we just, am I going to talk to this dude and tell him, dude, you cut me off. We've all had that situation happen. Puffy is on a, on a larger scale because he's in a club. We don't know if security's getting involved, you're about to get in a fight. But it's the same, it's the same, we're cavemen. We're Neanderthals yeah. and we're emotional creatures. And mm. so if someone comes at me, someone steps on my toes in a club, I like to uh, think to myself, be level-headed. It's not worth it. You have way more uh, to lose than he has to gain. Then you have to gain off of this. So why even get into it? So the filter is going to tell me, hey, oh, if dude steps on and I pull my foot and then he trips, he's like, yo, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, man, you stepped on my foot, you know? Um, it's no biggie, but you you did. You were standing on my foot and it hurt. That's the mouth. I, like I like the way you say it, though. You say but, it so diplomatically right. and, and that's almost like it, a teacher explaining what it was right. happening. But in the moment, somebody steps on my foot, I'll be like, son, what are you doing? Well, what if it was by accident? Even if it's by accident, you step on it is one thing. If you stay on it and, and I have to now pull what my What if he foot, doesn't know it's a foot? He thought it was like kind of like a part of a pole. That's, or, but that's, that's the thing. That's, that's where... Uh, your rationale has to kick in. Right, right. Some people are going to take... It's, it's that fork in the road. It's, it's, remember the uh, Create Your Own Adventure books? Right. Where if you want him to punch the dude in the face, turn to page 126. If you want to reason with him, turn to page 98. Right? So that's why... Gotcha. That's, I'm, I'm not justifying. I don't know what happened with, with, with Puff or whatever, yeah. but I guarantee you that happens more often than not. Nobody, when you when you get that to that level of success, you don't want confrontation. You know, I don't, I don't have that level of success. I don't want confrontation. I'm also older now. But what if the guy said like "fuck your foot"? Like if he now, well, you now. know what? Then then I'd like to think <laughs> that's that's the thing. I'd like to think that I just say you know just walk away. It ain't worth it. But I also could see myself sitting there and saying and 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 us us now having having beef and conflict and and and. Talking at uh, loud decibels, you know. And that's that's happened on that happened on the uh, on the subway. I remember this dude. Loud this dude decibels. Was, uh, this cat. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about crazy, right? We, we we probably gotta wrap it up soon. But here's the thing about all right. Here's the thing about crazy, right? When if you are in fact a psychopath or nuts or crazy, you don't tell people. You just you just are, you mm -hmm. know what I mean. So I can recognize crazy very easily. I can recognize. Uh, um, I read into my intuition enough to say, all right, it's time to move. So this is I don't know a year or two ago. We're on the train, and uh, my wife and I were sitting there. She says something to me. I'm laughing, and then I look up, 
And this dude, uh, this, this, this big, big black cat is uh, sitting across from me. And uh, and we make eye contact. I nodded. Anytime I make eye contact with somebody, I'll, I'm not like, hey, what's up? Right. You know, and then I go back and I'm talking to her and laughing some more. And then I hear, dude, I know this dude better stop looking at me, <laughs> laughing like something's funny. So I'm... <laughs> so... I'm taking back like now. I'm like, so I'm... Because so you were just her. giving like nice eye contact. Yeah, it wasn't... Honestly, I, it wasn't even... It was hardly eye contact. It was... I was laughing. I got tired of looking at her. I'm paying around the, the thing. He happened to be looking at me, so I saw him looking. So I looked at him and nodded and turned back to her. If he started reading into I was talking about him... <laughs> That's his own insecurities. <laughs> I like the but, idea of talking about it. But like, that's but that's New York City. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're people that look for look for a problem. I like so, where this is going. Yeah. So so he says that. So I'm like, so I look at him, sort of confused, and then I turn back to my wife. We're talking some more, and then then I look at I hear him talking greasy again. So at that point, I'm like, oh, see, now you're you're challenging my manhood, and so I'm like. If 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 we're gonna do something like when when you see people say if you want to step outside you want to do something you don't have to step outside if you if you so gully if you so good and so gully with it you don't have to bring it outside do it right there you know what I mean and look Joe's getting nervous because uh, <laughs> I'm starting to pound my my this hand funny. so he's saying he's he's you know but but now he's looking at me but also looking around all I know is. Motherfuckers don't want me to have to see some, so I'm now I'm smiling and laughing, cause in my mind I'm like, oh, he wants me to think he's he's crazy, and maybe he was. Chances are he wasn't. He was he was he was uh what what they used to call was called uh selling wolf tickets. You know, yeah. I'm supposed to. I'm not a. I'm so not afraid of you right now. You know, but I also have to be level headed, because my lady's there. So right. I don't know what he has. I don't know what kind of drama he's. So she's like, "Babe, come, let's just, let's just move. Let's just move." I was like, and now I'm like, not see now if I move, I feel like he's sunning the situation, right? <laughs> but that you have the angel and devil. And the devil's like, "What's up? Let's make it happen, Brooklyn style." But then the angel is on your shoulder saying, "Dude, you you you're going to see a movie? What?" Why are we? Why are we even just just get up and move right. two seats down? So I eventually moved two seats down, or moved um, to the next section, and uh, and there was a there was, was a say there sad. was a young I lady. I'm so bad. You should have. Fuck. Um, you see, timing is everything, Bessie. So this 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 young lady, she's she's standing there. She's like, yeah, I just I moved too because he was he was talking weird, and I just I didn't feel like being around it either. And so now I'm pissed at my 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 lady because she made me move, but I'm also like I understand why she made me move because even if, even if he wasn't crazy, even if he didn't have anything, why like if two fools shouting at each other, be it across the street or on a subway, are still two fools shouting at each other. You right, know, right. The, to the average passerby, you just two fools shouting at each other, regardless of who's right and who's wrong. Right. You know. So. Oh you, oh, you think? That, you know what? I've how, probably done that. How confusing, like, oh 
how confusing would that be to the person if he like he was like because then he'd probably be thinking, does he just sound like Denzel right. or is he really? Yeah, yeah right. That would right. be great. I've actually just to see his I've, confusion. I've I've, I've, uh, I've I've done that. I remember this dude uh, on the subway again. It's always on the subway. This dude, uh, I was uh, Brian Park up in the Forty Second and Sixth Avenue. I'm walking down the steps, and there was this uh, young young cat. Uh, yeah, he was talking to his girl, but he was in his girl's grill, like real up, like on the steps, going down the steps, going down to the platform. And he was like real in her face. So I, I just, I looked like, oh wow, damn, kind of close. And so he must have saw me looking. He's like, what, you you got something to say? And I looked at him and I started laughing. <laughs> it was funny. I was like, son, you really got I said, why? I said, deal with your lady. Why are you? I'm looking. So I'm at the bottom of the steps. And he's talking some more, but now the comedian in me, the smart, the smart aleck in me. So I look up and I laugh again and <laughs> smile again. So he stomps down the steps. And uh, and he's like, you, you got something funny? You think something's funny? I was like, actually, yes. <laughs> I was like, this is funny. He's like, hey, what you what you want to do? I said, hey man, whatever, you know. And so he he he's like, yeah. What? I'm like, same thing. I'm like, if it's gonna happen, let it happen, right? Um. So then they walk down. <laughs> They walked like to the next section. Um, I'm standing. Oh, you know what? He saw my. I had my five fingers on my feet, and so he saw my five fingers. No, no. When he came back, so <laughs> he says something else to her, and I was I was being not a trouble. I was being a troublemaker. So he says something loud, and I think I started laughing. So this dude ran down the platform with his dukes up. And so I remember saying to myself, I remember leaning in. I was like, okay, all right. You you're gonna are you gonna put it on me? Huh? <laughs> and he he was he looked confused and then he saw my shoes. Because five Vibram five fingers looked like foot gloves. And so that made him uh start laughing and he and he kept it moving. But he uh, laughed? He he laughed. Nigga got on, got on uh Shoes like feet. I was like, yeah, I'll put this foot in your ass. Huh? <laughs> and I started laughing. It's a good way to diffuse the situation. Huh? It's a good way to diffuse the situation. As another time, here's another, here's this, this, the most recent time, this, this happened, uh, Grand Army Plaza. Well, it's good to know you don't get in many altercations. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, this, this is going on. The third time this of, week. Yeah. So uh, we, I was on Grand, Grand Army Plaza, and uh, I don't know if you've ever been on Flatbush going around Grand Army Plaza, you know, roundabout. So, uh, yeah. dude, but people don't stay in their lanes. So this cat yeah, I know what you're talking almost, about. almost hit me, so I sped around him. So I sped around him. So then, uh, so oh, so wait, did he? I sped around him. So then he speeds around me. He pulls up next to me. I look at him and, and smile, and then he pulls in front of me and speeds off. So there's a there's a, a term from uh, Kwanzaa, the the African American Christmas that twenty African Americans celebrate. Um, <laughs> and so when he sped past me, I stuck my fist out and I go Harambe, Harambe. So he's he's next to uh, the, the Prospect Park Botanical Gardens, and he slows down. 
I guess he thought I was going to slow. So my wife's like, babe. I said, I didn't do anything. That's funny. So he pulls up. He's like, he's like, what you said to me? I said, I looked at her. I went, harambe. And then he sped off. You know, it's funny. if you That, that really does diffuse situations. That's so funny. Hashtag H-A-R-A-M-B-E. Harambe. I, I've seen, I've been in a car with a comedian who like, he's, you know, he's beige. He's not black. Oh, okay. And he's, he's beige. He's beige. And he's light can, skin. Yeah, he's light skin. And someone cut him off and he started cursing him and he just went into like, which didn't even make sense, but he went into an Indian accent and he sounded like it. And he's <laughs> like, oh, do you know, no. And the guy was just like, like he just got, you know, because it, right. it sounded like it. It was kind of jarring. Right. So no one really is like, all right, well, I'm see, not going to argue with someone that's, that's foreign. That's the difference between, that's crazier than, than him saying, oh, you don't want none of this. You know what I mean? Right. That's the obvious. Right. The 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 craziest. No, no, I don't know why you did that to you know. Right, right. Like, wait, what? what, what yeah, yeah, it's confusing. What are you doing? That's what you do. That's how you confuse people. Don't don't let them get you confused. That's the whole ideology people, with, with dyslexic cursing. Don't don't curse people out. Dyslexicus, confuse them. I, if somebody cuts you off. Don't don't curse them out. Just say yuck, fool, for the muckle. I, Duck my sick for the muckle. Niche bass igger. Well, but it's amazing how angry people will get in their cars and willing yeah. to do stuff that's very like. Because I remember one time someone was trying to get around me, and he was trying to get around. Me. He finally got around me, and you know, I saw him looking at me, and I just smiled and waved like I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and 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 he and he opened his window, and he's going this way, and he spits a humongous Ooh, amount a of spit. He and it was the- amazing. <sighs> and it was amazing that he went in front of me and the spit traveled, the wind velocity right. traveled it back and just, I watched the spit and came right on my windshield. Oh, wow. I was sorely impressed by it because right, I said, right. you know that, what? That he he worked hard and he did it and right. he got it. And I said, all right. Okay. And it's spit. I'm not going to touch it. You know, yeah. right. whatever. Windshield, yeah, wipers. windshield wipers. Right. It works. It's and it was fine. Wind. It wasn't a bullet. And, right. you know, he went off and I just said, all right, you know, this is fine. I, I made out okay. And I'm just amazed, though, that he took the time to roll down his window and spit. I've never had that type of venom in me to... vitriol towards another human being while driving. spit. As you said, you know what? I'll, show, I'll show him... And I'll spit. I'll show him that I have a cold, <laughs> post-nasal drip. <laughs> it's very... We uh we didn't you know what I'm okay see this. But the one thing you didn't talk about yeah. I think because I always hate when someone if we don't get to this because right. you said where were the place that people auditioned at Terminal D? Oh um no that sounds the Peppermint terrible. Lounge the oh. Terminal D was evil but Peppermint Lounge was where they auditioned people for Def Comedy Jam and uh, Bill Bellamy at the time was was the host and Bill was was on fire he was uh, also the host of MTV Jams. So on any given week, Bill, I remember uh, one of the first times I had an audition set there, Bill was running late. They wouldn't start the show until Bill got there. So the DJ would play music. And then Bill got there probably an hour late, which means the show's starting an hour late, which means the crowd's even more annoyed. Uh, This is in uh, Orange, New Jersey, East Orange, I think. And... um, but Bill was celebrity. Bill was the, the you know homegrown talent, so they loved Bill. And then I remember he introduced me. There was no credit, and I, I, well, I didn't really have any credits. But you still kind of say, oh, you know, clubs and colleges, the generic one. And he said, all right, um, this next, uh, give it up for Dean. 
and it, but he said it like as he was walking on stage, like he was he was distracted doing something else. <laughs> right. And Bill, that's my man. But it was it was funny. I went even up, your man right then when he mm -hmm. did that. No, okay. when, no, back then he's my man now. Right, right. Not cool. Um, back then we had met each other a couple of times, done some shows. Uh, but I was I was salty, but I was too nervous to even be mad. I was like, I gotta deal with this. And I think I did the peppermint a total of five times. And first time I did it. I had a good set. Second time, which I think was that time, I caught an L. Um, I remember. I, re I speaking of dry mouth. I remember that night, my mouth getting real dry because I hit whatever my first joke was. And it didn't go. And didn't go. It's true. That it, the bullet was in the chamber. It, you know, it, it stalled. It, it just. It was a. It was a misfire. Like they. And how did you deal with that? Because people uh, probably be very curious. To think, I you didn't. Know. I probably at one point was like, you know what? We need to rise as a people and not. Judge each other. Boom! Because um, what happened? When you have all the moisture leave your mouth, you can't talk. You sitting there. You you want to talk, but you sitting there like I'm really trying right now. You know, yeah. dude. I was uh. It's amazing what the human body does, right? Yeah, when you're like man, physiologically, it was a problem, you know. And uh, <laughs> my body locked up. So I think I did it. Uh, so I did well the first time. That time I caught an L. Next time I did. Did well. Next time, I got an eh. And then the uh, last time was an eh. Yeah, but do you remember... It, well, I'm assuming, obviously, you don't go through that now. But I'm saying... But I guess do, when you have a maybe a set that's not uh -huh. to your standard, even if the audience doesn't know, do you ever know why that is? Like, do you really yeah, know why yeah, that yeah. is? I did, I did a... Well, uh, point case, like, last weekend, uh, I was at Stand Up New York and the comic strip, both in New York. Uh, New York City, and Friday night, um, I had been I got sort of sick of my jokes, and so I was like, I'm I'm just working new material. I have all these ideas. I'm just gonna, which you really don't do on weekends. If you do new jokes, you sort of uh, insert them in between older jokes just to have bookend saviors. And um, I did I, like my first seven. Eight minutes with all new material and was winning, and uh, then then I had to shut this. There was a woman in the front row that was uh, loud, and then she started filing her nails, so I had to get her. And I didn't get her like I remember Dante Nero. Dante said to me after he was like, "Man, you were nicer than a lot of dudes like me. I wouldn't have let." I said, "Well, here's the thing, man. I was working new material anyway, and I was focused on that, so I couldn't be concerned with her. So I hit her in my way." Especially because I knew the crowd was on my side, um, but I wasn't tripping on her. But but she left there feeling defeated. And I was like, well, good, um, because she was with a dude, and so I started messing with him and saying saying how I know I know this is not her first time doing this, and your life sucks, you know. So I got I I got on him, but let him know, hey man, these these are jokes. I ain't trying to uh, ruin your night, but she's. When she pulled out the nail file, that was that was sort of the last straw. Yeah. And then the second show had a good set, and I was feeling good. But also driving up to the show, I was because it was new material. I was running it in my head, just sort of going over the ideas. So then Saturday, I was at the strip. Um, uh, I, I had done a bunch of family stuff that day, just running around errands and whatnot. And so when it was when I was headed up to uh do the show, do my first set, 
I was just listening to Kendrick Lamar's album because I just recently kind of just I bought it when it came out. Mm-hmm. Wasn't really feeling it, and then recently I revisited it. I'm like, yo, this dude inspired me. That's actually his his album inspired me on Friday night, which is why I just went in. So Saturday I should have spent a little more time, um, not only being inspired but actually putting in the legwork and just running the ideas in my head, and I didn't. So after the set, uh, my first set Saturday, I was disappointed. Because everybody pretty much went in and had a great set, uh, and I had an okay set, and and I don't like, I don't want to be average. I want to be above average, you know. So and that's just me. The crowd didn't know. The crowd was fine. The crowd was right. Awesome. But for me, I know it wasn't to where you yeah. wanted it. Yeah. L.A. was dope, man. L.A. was I had I had fun. I, I love going out to L.A., man, because uh, um, like I said, I, I stayed with my man Russ. Um, he has. He has a, a very nice home, uh, which he allows me to stay in. And what uh, street is that located? Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> um. I was doing shows, and also I had to meet um, uh, with two different directors. One of one of the joints was for um, the James Brown biopic. Uh, Tate Taylor, he directed The Help, and I didn't get it, which I'm fine. With. I, obviously, I wanted to book it, but. I was focused when, and here's the thing, this is for anybody um, out there. Sometimes the preparation is the reward, you know, and so going out on this trip, I said, you know what, let me just focus on uh, on doing my best on whatever appointments I have. I told my manager and agents, I said, I don't have to go out on every audition. I said, just get me some quality looks, you know. And so when this one came through, I said, okay, they they did their job. Now let me do mine. So instead of hanging out, let me focus on the work. So I read the script, read the sides, and got to understand um, James Brown's pops, Joe, uh, his character, who he was, and, and what made him function, what made him tick. Uh, and I did some research. And, I, and it actually, that became fun, just researching how... Uh, Black people in the mid-30s looked and dressed and then looking at the pictures and the hat and saying to myself, okay, you know what? I'm going to go to the thrift store and, and I'm going to uh, look for a wardrobe that sort of matches this working class guy's uh, look. And Because I, I read an article with uh, where they interviewed Brian Cranston about Breaking Bad and he said how when he went in to meet Vince Gilligan, the uh, showrunner for Breaking Bad, he had an idea of how he wanted him to look and what kind of khaki uh, khaki pants he wanted him to wear because he's such a boring person, you know, in the hair. So that's what I did. So I even, I, like, my hair, my hair, you couldn't tell I had hair, you know, um, mm. dur- during the uh, audition. And, and in the audition, I, it, there were three scenes. In the final scene, I had to uh, emote um, and show anger as well as uh, um, uh, have a tender moment with with James, my son, and also uh, um, show what's the word I'm looking for? Show that I was human, but also recoil from being human and be just a, I'm a man. I don't I don't cry, so I was crying in the scene. So the scene ended where I, uh, I screamed on James because my wife or, or James' mother uh, just left. And so I then say to say to James, hey, hey, look, I'm uh I'm going, I'll, I'm be going for about a week or so. Make sure you don't make it make a mess in my damn house. And so I added, so I I played with my uh my my tone and the you know I just, I really like went over the scene and 
discovered the intention and, and I was crying. So at the end of the scene, my back is turned because I act like I just walked out of the room and uh, and I hear the director and casting director, I hear them go, wow. And for me, that right there, I said, you know, even if I don't book it, I got a wow in the room, you know? And so after I said, after he said, wow, I turned around, I'm crying. And uh, and um, uh, the casting director, uh, he says, uh, he says, you know, take 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 a moment to, you know, get get yourself together and depressurize. I was like, and I'm 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 like, yeah. I said, yo. I said, damn. I said, I'm really ah. Oh. And then I tried making a joke. I was like, I was like, you know, um, Tracy Morgan said, don't peek too soon. Save it for the room. <laughs> so I saved it for in here, and they laughed, and then and then they thanked me, and then. Uh, and how did you cry? Huh? What was I, your method? Um, I just. Uh, I just really went there with the with the character, man. I don't, you didn't I don't think of any other bad thing or something no, or an emotion. No, or something? I just I, like I've I've always um, the same way I can tap into uh, like voices and and nuances with impression. If I if I really I can get lost in a character enough to where I don't have to say think of when Dad uh, was dying of pancreatic cancer. You know, I, <laughs> I mean, I just I right. go there in the and you can kind of cry scene and and. But you're not really sad, or are you really sad? Well, in that if if you commit to the role, you you are experiencing yeah a a, a, re, a, a real reaction. And Next so, time you have an altercation, that that'd be great just to pull start, just start, start crying. crying. Like you know what, hey, man? Mom, why would you? Why you go do this? Can you imagine a six four dude like yourself hey, just crying why? hysterically? Why are you doing this? We're bigger than this. <laughs> That would be so amazing. You should teach a defense class on how not to get hurt, and it's all different things. Bring up your Denzel, start crying, and you're just confusing people. So next time, like a you know Puerto Rican guy's gonna stab you, you're just like start doing a bad Denzel impression. Set a kung fu confused cue, confused fool. That's funny. That's a funny sketch. We might have to write that. Let's write it, and it has to be a Puerto Rican guy stabbing you because we want to make it realistic. Right. Right. Wow. Uh, you can uh, send your uh, tweets to at I am Joe Vesey. Um, yeah, it's, a, so it's a joke, people. Yeah. Humorous. I oh. know white people stab you too. Right, of course. of course. And they're actually probably better at it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's something <laughs> to take pride in. Um, well, they're, they've kill, oh, but they're killers. No, so killers. so here's the thing. So the next day, because Guy Tori and uh, my boy Jeep thing, other comics, they um, were auditioning for uh, the same role or different roles. And, I came out, guy was like, yo, man, yo, you sounded good. I appreciate it. Guy, that's my man. So um the next evening, that was Monday audition. So Tuesday, my um my people hit me and they said, uh, they sent me the email um showing um that casting uh hit them back and said, look, Dean, Dean was great. Um uh we loved him, Tate loved him, but the but um Tate had a different idea as far as the role. And I was like, well, look, I left it all on the field. I'm, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't mad, I, you know. Uh, like I said, I wanted to book it, but I was like, you know what? I left an impression on them. that yeah, they'll think make of you them. for something else. Yeah, yeah, because especially as a comic, oftentimes people people don't really expect a lot out of us. And I've, I've had auditions for serious dramatic fare where after I, uh, you know, performed or did the scene... Uh, the casting is like you. Where the only thing they didn't say is actually where they're like that. That was good, and you hear the surprise. 
in their in their tone of voice, you know. So that's that that was enough for me that this this cat that directed Octavia Spencer to an Oscar at least saw me. The the casting people that you know cast her for that saw me and they and they'll see me and uh, you know we'll, we'll get something else popping. And then two days later, I uh, I met with this director for this role that he's interested in me for, but they have to um, they have to clear some things with the rest of the casting first. So. It was it was a successful trip, man. Yeah, sounds like it. And opens doors for other stuff, other indeed, projects. Indeed, and 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 you get. I mean, that's L. A. You have to you have to be in be in it to win it. L. A. is a lottery. You know, you, you never know. You got to be in it to win it. So I go out like. And you got relaxing out. traffic. Yeah, so of that's course. That's always fun. Of I got caught yeah. on the on the one hundred and one south. One hundred and one south. Shout out to the one hundred and one south. south. Shout out to the four hundred and five and oh, the ten. Dude, what up? Yeah, what up? That four hundred and ten. The one ten. What up? One hundred and ten. What up? Four hundred and five to the ten is a beast. Four hundred and five. Fuck you up, FDR <laughs> Drive. FDR <laughs> Drive ain't got yeah. shit on the four hundred and five. What's <laughs> up? Four hundred and five south. Four hundred and five. Anything. We go there. We in here. Wow. Just wow. Sorry. Just, wow. Just one Brooklyn style. I like this side of you, Joe. I'm a big fan. No, I'm a big fan of L.A. I like L.A. I enjoy the freeways. I know when to travel. I know right. when to go to the Hollywood Y. I don't go at 8, 8 a.m. like a jackass. Right. I go there at 12 p.m. No traffic yeah, with your no bitch traffic. ass. 12 p.m. No traffic. No Let traffic. Holler at them. Holler at your boy, man. I remember one time I was trying to go back at 4 p.m. My guy said, you might as well just stay in the parking lot. What the fuck? Did he really? Yeah, he did. Yeah. I was, you know who I was with? I was with Joe Torrey. Joe, oh, that's funny. Yeah, and he was like, he's like, yo, he's like, yo, why are you, are you trying to get back? By the time you get there, you're going to have to come back. How was that? Do it one more time, because that sounds like do it one more time. By the time you go there, you're gonna have to come back. He's got yeah. Yeah, he got the little squeak, the little squeak. Yeah, the little squeak. It hurts to do like guy, guy is easier. Guy is more here. Shout shout out to Guy Tory in the movie Trippin'. Classic performance. Classic performance. (laughs) Classic. He had a line, yo. He says to it only it, his delivery made this so funny. He said to some girl like, "Oh, you stank ass heifer." And the girl and the, and the girl turns around and goes, "Uh, what did you just say?" He's like, "Uh, did you just call me, you know, stank ass heifer?" He said, "Oh, did, did I say stank ass heifer?" He's like, "What I meant to say was you ugly ass bitch." And he goes right in the face, and then she punches him dead in his face. Oh God! Tripping is a good movie. I don't care what anybody says. Even though it ends in apostrophe. What do you mean? Tripping. Oh, tripping the tripping. movie. Is not a good movie. I, you know what? I've never watched. Uh, I thought you were going to refer to uh, Ride. No, because um, he was in that. I didn't Guy see Ride. Did, Guy's a good actor. He's been in a lot of movies. Runaway Guy Jury. Has, um, shoot, American History X. It, Yo, guys. If you solid. look at his range, Trippin' and Runaway yeah, Jury with Gene Hackman. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That Which is, do you think he good. remembers more with Dion Richmond from The Cosby oh, Show wow. or Gene Hackman? That was the the the, the kid from the Cosby is, Show. Is 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 a uh, star hopping up in the air or something like that, isn't it? He's the star. Of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, I said any. You know what won me over in that movie? I know we got to wrap up. Is when he wakes up in the morning. It's a fantasy. You don't know it's a fantasy. Right. He wakes up and he pulls the covers over himself and they rewind that back. Like he's so dope. Even him, <laughs> even him ducking over the cover. I said, you know what? That deserves more credit. That's funny to loop yeah, that as if like... when you saw this movie? I'm curious. Oh, um, I had to be in probably seventh or eighth grade. grade. I saw Trippin, movies like Trippin and Don't Be a Menace around the same time. Right, right. And I own Trippin. I think I got the last copy. And... It's it's to me it still holds up. Donald Faison, Anthony Faison. Anderson, uh, 
There's a lot of funny people in that movie. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was a good movie, actually. I think That's it should funny. be looked at for... Uh, you know what? I'm going to have to add that to Ice-T's last album as things that I'm supposed to do that I won't get around to. But I try. You'll apologize next podcast. I'll apologize next it. time for the... Un, this is the we're just going to call this the unprepared. Untitled Unprepared Podcast. <laughs> untitled and Unprepared. Untitled and Unprepared. That's actually pretty good. Untitled that kind of sounds unprepared good. Unprepared for the muckers. Um, Untitled and unprepared. We'll work on it. Look here, it's man. It's special. Uh, it, it is. Yo, so once again, always a pleasure having my man uh, Joe Vess in the building. My man Big Mike handling the sounds. Yo, uh, we'll catch y'all next week where I promise. Um, well, we need to do an origin story. You know, like I grew up on kung fu movies and we always refer to like... Um, things that I did back in the days, but I got to tell y'all my history and how how I even wound up sitting here with a microphone in my face, you know, and doing this uh, for 21 some odd years, man. That's the next time on, on the Untitled and Unprepared. <laughs> Yo, um, hit me up at I am Dean Edwards. Uh, let me know if you dug it. If you didn't dig it, hit me up. And hit me up constructively if you feel. Nah, I really don't care, honestly. <laughs> But, uh, you know, shout me out if I'm in your city. Come through and uh, check out the show. I hope you enjoy it, you know. Uh, and we'll be doing it again in about uh, seven days, man. But you'll hear it a lot sooner. Um, but keep your ears and eyes out, man. I got some uh, things in the work that, that I'm hoping, you know, by the time you hear the next podcast, we'll have, have uh, you know, God, God willing, some great news. All right? Two fingers. Anything else you got to say, Vess? Find me on the 10 freeway heading to Santa Monica. Boom. Boom. That's how we do, son. Dean Edwards, easy. <laughs>